Welcome to Good Christian People, an honest conversation between church leaders who recognize we're not perfect, we're barely good, but we want to be great. On today's episode, Tim has a joke about contemporary Christian music, Josie wants some serenity now, and we spend way too long talking about the internal politics of the SBC. Everybody, welcome back to Good mm. Christian People, the podcast, episode forty-five. Forty-five. sync. What is that? That's uh, Catalan. I don't even know what that is. That's made up. I have a new joke. Do you? Yeah, I have a joke about contemporary Christian music. Okay. I have a joke about contemporary Christian music. I have a joke about contemporary Christian music. Can you work in a little? I have a joke about contemporary Christian music. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seven more times. Thank you. That's the bridge. <laughs> Did you hear that at the uh, convention? No. Uh, no. Okay. Well. Dad joke. Dad joke. Yeah. Throw What's it your in. favorite dad joke? Do you, is that, That's is it. that it? Yeah, apparently. I don't my really favorite know. Dad, my favorite Time. dad joke is um, why are Tyrannosaurus Rexes so bad at push-ups? I don't know. Because they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Why are crocodiles angry? Uh, when they got all them teeth or something. What was that? That was in uh, Adam Sandler. Yeah. Because uh, they got all them teeth and they ain't got no toothbrush. You ain't got no toothbrush. <clears throat> yeah. The medulla oblongata. What's up, everybody? Hey. I'm back. You are. We're, we're glad you're back. Reluctantly, but back. Reluctantly yeah. crouched at the, the starting, starting line. Engines <laughs> pumping, <laughs> pumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Hey, that's cake. I thought you were going to Yearning and burning that you're in for the, no, something. Mm, yeah, that's awesome. Very Close good. I, I I didn't feel like I got the low register down the way you did, but you were telling us right before we started mm-hmm. that uh, what you've got a new song that you, a new lullaby that you sing yeah. to your daughter. Somehow I realized that the national anthem of Canada, Oh Canada, mm. uh, is right in, right, it's right in my brace baritone yeah. range yeah and here's the thing so when you go to the oriole game uh people who don't call me a patriot you know i i don't say oh at the national anthem Nor i find it you. i find it disrespectful yeah, 100%. so i don't do it but i do it when we play like the blue jays and they come to town and they sing oh canada every time they <laughs> oh i scream it and everybody looks at me like i'm being disrespectful I'm like wait a minute how does any of this work out right all right yeah that's my soapbox for the day yeah yeah, because O is in O Canada much more than the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. And I'm over there. Like, how dare you respect yeah. the, the disrespect the national anthem yeah. of a country the red you don't belong leaf. to? Yeah, okay. Well, God bless Can- Canadians, but okay. Yeah. I'm not Canadian. I mean, their whole anthem just sounds like someone's asking a really long question. Like, oh, Canada? Uh-huh. Our home and native land? Uh-huh. True yeah. patriot love for all that. I don't know. I don't know all the words, but I know the tune. So, But you know all the words to reluctantly crouched yes. at the starting line. Uh-huh. But it depends on yeah when you were born and yeah the nineties were a good good nineties were great for music mm-hmm. I know that people don't like I I know nineties get disparaged but I'm I'm mm-hmm. a big fan I yeah. mean we grew up I mean the eighties were very good yeah seventies were very good what are we talking about today Brain oh I don't know Pinky you are wearing a pink T shirt I am no we're glad you're back last week we had uh, it was a it was a, a very interesting experience you were out 
and and this room was just filled with the with, ladies. With I the heard. ladies, yeah. it was uh, good combo. It was probably one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it was, and there was about a thirty to forty minute stretch where me and Josiah did not say a word. Oh. And okay. uh, it was great. Yeah, it was the women in ministry conversation. And uh-huh. we're like, you know what? We're just going to sit back and let this. And it was great. I mean, yeah. it was a really, really good conversation all the way around. You guys figured out? No. I no. mean, that, that's what was, that was, was kind of what's beautiful about the whole thing is it recognizing that brothers and sisters in Christ can still uh, disagree, but disagree well. Oh, and that um, brings us to our SBC conversation. Yes, it yeah. does. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. that. I, I, I have a feeling that what was happening and this room here was uh, was far more was far less contentious than what was happening in the room you were in. Uh, we'll talk about it. And we'll talk about yeah. it. But uh, so yesterday was Father's Day. Father's Day. So I my I don't, first. Not really. I mean, it is, and I I want to be I want to recognize because I know you say, "Hey, it's your first Father's mm-hmm. Day," but I, I don't like when people, um, when your wife is, and I say wife in the you know general sense, not your mm-hmm. wife, but when. When you are with child mm-hmm. and people are like, uh, oh, your first Mother's Day, your first Father's Day will be next year. It's like, well, no, technically. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I think I fall on the other side of that. Yes. Do no, really? I, I, I believe in the sanctity of life and the child that's in the world. Sure. I get this. So please. Right. But at the same time, it, that was our first child uh-huh. who was in the womb. I don't know. What's the term of that? Anyway, in the womb. In the womb, yeah. Not yet pre-birthed, right? And we talked about right. that a couple weeks ago. Um, I didn't know what a father was at that point sure. in time. And so, I, I, I mean, don't. yeah, I mean, we were caring for it. My wife was caring for a child. I was caring for my wife, but now yeah. I'm caring for a child. So maybe I, I, I think you could probably make the argument that she was a mother's on Mother's Day last year, but I wasn't a father on Father's Day. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We can be friends and disagree on that, I think. I don't think we can. I think we need to resolve this right here, right now. No, I just... I consider this one to be my first Father's Day. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, yeah, the first one, sure. I get that. So, did you do anything special to commemorate... Took a nap. Took a nap. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah. Very good. I was busier than normal. Nice. And it it was a lot of fun. We had my son... So, Jack... About a month and a half ago, uh, was at basketball practice, mm-hmm. and he like broke his pinky mm-hmm. in basketball practice. It was a, just a small break, so the doctors were like, "Yeah, in about five six weeks, he should be able to get back out on the court." So he got back out on the court last week. They won their first game, mm-hmm. um, and I told you know he I was like, "Oh man, now we're gonna have to make him remind him that it wasn't because of him." Um, but I mean, he did play really really well. And um, and so we actually got a chance to play the same team that we beat last week again yesterday. Mm-hmm. And and so he was out there and uh, and we were concerned because one of the better players on the team, a, a member of our church was was out. And so yeah. he was not there. And uh, so they went out and they did really, really well. And literally 10 seconds before halftime. Jack was running down the court and then just like pulled up lame, like got a really bad calf sprain, was out for the rest of the game. They they won barely. Calf sprain or a um, Charlie horse, like a calf sprain. Okay. Like like he can't. He's like really having a tough time. Because playing outside on the blacktop in ninety five yeah. degree heat yeah. in the sun. So yeah. a, not a Charlie horse, a cramp, cramp, cramp. Yeah, but I mean, I mean a Charlie horse, sure, yeah. But I mean, same it, thing. It hasn't really resolved itself yet. So he's nice. he's racing the whole thing now. Nice. And uh, so we got to sit outside in ninety plus degree weather, watching our son sit on the sideline and not play. Awesome. And I was like, oh. and then we went out to to my pop's house and had a great lunch. And then I got to do what I love to do, which is play family party games with a whole bunch of people. 
and it was it was great great fun. So, but you got to take a nap. I did. I got to take a nap. I tried to take a nap with my little girl, but she was having no parts of it. Like, no, thank you, Daddy. Yeah, she's out. Yep. So, and then the day before that, uh, congratulations, guys. We have a new federal holiday, Juneteenth. That was uh, that was big news. Did you guys? Uh, did you all have thoughts on that? Anything? Because apparently, a number is there of a difference between? Thoughts. And this is a probably ignorant question between Emancipation Day and Juneteenth. Is it Juneteenth just like another name for it? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it it's a, it's a it's commemorating the same thing, right? I mean, we talked. I, you and I talked about it when we did. We were doing a broadcast a year ago, right in the throes of COVID. That, right. Uh, I didn't know the term Juneteenth until I saw a Blackish episode. Yeah. Uh, that TV show Blackish on whatever it is, NBC yeah. or something, ABC. Fox. Um, one of them. Yeah. I mean, it's um, it's Emancipation Day, which is now official federal holiday. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Um, I see a distinction that Emancipation Day is uh, celebrated primarily in former European colonies in the Caribbean okay. um, on various days. So okay. I would see Juneteenth as a distinct holiday because I see, like they mentioned, they celebrate it on the 20th in Florida, okay. like um, but it's a May 20th. Celebration of emancipation. Yeah. Okay. Um, Juneteenth specifically was like some some incident where some arm or some general like came in and freed the slaves of a particular city in texas i think it was, was. The, it was the end it was the last it's the last ones the last last sure. slaves two mm-hmm. years after the emancipation sure. proclamation yep yeah so that's a big deal uh and apparently there are people who are really upset about it which is just well totally what was dumb. that one comment um there was some some senator that said something along the lines of what's next we're gonna give the native americans their own holiday it's like mm. I think we already did, didn't we? Change Columbus Day to Native American. No, it's just a petition. Day. Yeah, I thought. Oh. Yeah, I think it's just. It hasn't petition. happened yet. Yeah, has not happened. It oh. needs to happen. It's on my Google calendar. You know, when you like auto populate the right. Native People's Day or whatever. It, it shows up as both on my calendar. It gotcha. shows up as Columbus Day and Indigenous People's Day. Indigenous People's Day. Indigenous that's People's that's Day, that's that's Day. which is just foolishness. Get rid of Columbus Day. I'm whatever. I'm pro. Whatever. Get rid of it. And so here's I, the thing. This is all semantics. Nobody's actually se- most people. Let me take that back. Most people are not celebrating these things. Uh, so it, it doesn't like Columbus Day. Right. And yeah, because yeah, like, I've seen a lot of people celebrating Juneteenth. Sure. Yeah. Columbus Day. Why, who's celebrating Columbus Day? I don't know. Columbus is great. Great grandkids. So even if Columbus Day went completely away, who, who? I mean, unless you get off work or school for the day, that's the only yeah. reason. Yeah. I don't know. It just gives you. An extra dumb yeah. holiday at the beginning of October. I'm 39 years old. I've never once celebrated Columbus Day. Nah. Yeah. What I do for Columbus Day is I go to a place that has a whole lot of people in it, mm-hmm. and I walk in and I say, I found it. Mm-hmm. This is mine. And um, mm-hmm. that's how I celebrate Columbus Day. 1492. Columbus sailed the ocean blue. And where did he land? I don't know. The but Bahamas. Yeah. He found the Bahamas. Actually, I should celebrate Columbus Day by just going on a cruise. How about that? Are you going to do that? Is that I what you're doing? I hope so. I hope so. Is that your plan? No, no. In September, it's my plan, but it's been canceled four times now, so mm. we'll see. Your daughter has her first birthday coming up, uh-huh. and we were talking about presents for her, and uh-huh. you were of the mindset of, my child has all she needs because I'm a great father, and no. I give her everything she wants. We and were then, showered well. Yeah. We were showered well a year ago, and... Uh, Quite honestly, we just, we don't, but yeah. But when I, but when I said to a lady in passing in church, uh, yeah, what they would love is Royal Caribbean gift cards. Your oh, eyes I jumped on lit that. 
up. Yeah, for sure. You were like, oh, yes. Yeah, because she we'll would be taking that. her for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. can enjoy the ocean blue. Yep. So anyway, you can Venmo Tim mm-hmm. and uh, 2022. And, yep. Is that really your? Well, oh, I thought that was your Venmo. No, I was trying to 1492, 2020. I was trying oh, to I rhyme ocean I got blue. you. Thanks yeah. for following. Yeah, you're regular Columbus. I have a joke about contemporary Christian music. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just doing the replaying it again. Yeah. All right. So before we jump into it, um, I don't know if you have you guys read any headlines about Jeff Bezos today. No. Well, but I, no, no. I, yesterday I saw that he was. They were the. Uh, um, uh, what's the debate was? Will he be an astronaut? It was okay. like because he's going up so far. Like so, the debate. All these people are debating. Sure. How high up do you have to go to be an astronaut? But when is the launch date? I don't even know. I don't know. Okay. Is this about the petition? Yes, don't say anything yet. All right, so if you know about it, there are two petitions that are going on right now about Jeff Bezos. Okay. The first, I'll I'll kind of lead you up to it. The first one is, I'm trying to think which one is weirder. Okay. Okay. Is there are over 56,000 people who have signed a petition trying to get Jeff Bezos to not do what? Go to space. I don't know. I mean, that's the only thing I know Jeff Bezos is doing now. Come back from space. (laughs) (laughs) There are over 56,000 people that said uh, when he goes up there, don't bring him back. Okay. And then there was. Then where does all of his money go to? I don't know. If we're going to give that to the poor of the world. I think his ex-wife has a good bit of it right now. Um, The other the other petition is they want him to purchase something. Something. And I don't want to call it pop culture, but some historical <clears throat> art. Mm-hmm. They want him to purchase the Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. And guess what they want him to do with it? Take it to space. No? Yeah. Josie, do you have any idea? Have you Leave read it, it already? Space. What? Come back from space with it. Eat it. Eat the Mona Lisa. What is, what is, what is this? <laughs> Can we talk about will, some more redemptive things? Than I feel like, like... Eat the Mona Lisa? Eat the Mona Lisa. Buy and eat the Mona Lisa. So I've, I've stood in front of the Mona Lisa in Louvre, and it is so appetizing. tiny. So tiny. You, how many bites could you eat? I could eat the Mona Lisa in this many four. bites. Four bites. Yeah. <laughs> if you take out the frame yeah. and have it out in four. I think another it's bit really small. that we need to add to this show is... Um, is either finding the most ridiculous headline of the week, because those two, I, I saw those. But then another was find the most insane thing that's on sale on Facebook Marketplace. Okay. Last night, you know how like when you come up, when you pull up Marketplace and it just shows you things that people are selling, they're like, hey, you might be interested in this. Mm-hmm. It showed a guy local, and I, I'm considering buying it. It is a Bell Mason jar with a Dorito in it. Yeah. That's it. For $10, he will sell you a Dorito in a mason jar. Is and, it vacuum it, sealed? I don't know. Okay. I, I think it, it's, it's cool a cool ranch. It looked cool ranch. It did not mm-hmm. look nacho cheese. Mm-hmm. But his, his whole bit is how funny is this? This makes for really good conversation starter. And people will laugh if they walk into your house and they see a single Dorito in Serenity now. Yeah. Is that the button for move on? This is stupid. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, I, and Joe hit it this time, yeah. mind you. <laughs> Joe hit it. That'll, that'll tell you yeah, something. That is, yeah. Too much By talk way, about babies and Doritos. Chili Thai lime or chili lime or something Doritos is the greatest chip of all time. So I haven't had it in quite some time because I'm trying to cut out the snacks. But yeah. oh my goodness. Chili something, whatever it is. That's good. Yeah. All right. 
I'll take your word for it. So on the episode last week, we kind of uh, promoted today's episode, and we are going to talk about uh, something that I think some people outside of our of our church family or church denomination may find a little boring. I think it'll be interesting, and I hope you'll stick around for it. But we did kind of tease out that we would give a uh, a special little show announcement. Um, that that announcement has kind of gone back and forth in terms of what we wanted to say, but we have really enjoyed doing the show and we hate to, uh, to not do it anymore, but that's what we're going to do for a little bit. Um, when we started out, uh, this podcast, it was sort of something that we had always wanted to do and COVID really gave us an opportunity to do that. Things are looking back up. Uh, things are opening back up and we are getting busier. There's a lot happening in the summer. And so what we need to do is kind of take a uh, summer sabbatical. So this will be the last episode of the podcast until we come back after Labor Day. We do intend to come back, though. So uh, in the meantime, if you want to get caught up on some past episodes, which, I mean, would be weird that you're listening to this one and not you haven't heard the past ones. Only listen great. to the good ones, though. Like the ones that were bad, don't listen to those. Yeah, which ones were bad? I don't know. You've never listened. I have not. You've never listened. <laughs> uh, I would. But I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure there's a spectrum of... I would say that the first movie review we did yes we just delete that one from the was a small group yeah was a small no 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 no. it was uh faith-based yeah yeah. skip that one yeah i wish we could have skipped that one i Um, i preferred that to the small group review yeah just because i preferred that to the small group movie get out of here all right what hit that button again yeah uh, so Frank. anyway, we will be we will be back up in uh, after Labor Day. We'll come Labor. back and uh, if there are some topics and conversations that we haven't hit that you would like to um, throw out there for our consideration, help us kind of build where we're going next. Uh, because honestly, I really feel like we have sort of fixed everything in the church, <laughs> and uh, and so I don't know I where we go from anything. here. But if there's a topic you wanna you want us to address, you wanna. Uh, shoot us an email at goodchristianpod at gmail.com. Even though we are taking a sabbatical for the summer, we still have access to the email. And so uh, you are welcome if you want to engage with us, if there's anything you want to talk about. Uh, Wait, we're you, still going to pay for Gmail? Yeah. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to put out that money. That's a joke, people. Yeah. Gmail. So anyway, if, if there's something you want to talk about, shoot us an email, goodchristianpod at gmail.com. Uh, we can either talk about it in between the time, or if you say, hey, do an episode on this because I want to hear people talk about that. We would love to hear it. But in the meantime, thanks for uh, thanks for listening and and being a part of of our, our GCP. I, we've never figured out what we call people who listen to the GCP Army, minus a <laughs> few. Like, do we call them GCP Army? Peers. Peers. Yeah. Our peers, peers, GC peers, GC. I don't know the people, the GC people. How about we just call them like Frank, Listeners. like just the one guy that listens. Yeah, Frank. Like, what's up, dude? Oh, we have. I, I believe Myra listens huh. still. We have a friend named Myra. Myra. We haven't heard from um, Shane, our buddy in Arizona, in a while. Oh yeah, he may have. He may have uh, died. I guess. Uh, I think he got uh, tired of listening to Joe. That's probably it. Yep. That's probably it. Shane, we miss you, and hope you're doing well. And, uh, and all of our friends in Council Bluffs who may or may not be there. And I still need to get you the login. Josie is going to start doing some detective work to try to figure out who the Council Bluffers are. Do it. So I was I was in Richmond this weekend at a... Web Sleuth. Uh, at a, like a cafe for breakfast, friends bachelor party and stuff. And uh, we um, we found this mug. They bought all these... This cafe had bought all these mugs for from presumably a thrift store. And I found the weirdest looking mug. And uh, it was like... Uh, in his service, 1979 to like whatever 25 years after 1979 was, 
and on the back was what appeared to be like a Pentecostal, like the Pentecostal Pentecostal bird with like the flame of tail of fire behind it. Yeah. But it was embroidered or encasted in like this little shield emblem around it, and it had Arabic across the top, and it's just like the weirdest looking thing. So we we spent like about an hour and a half trying to f- find this organization. Um, I ended up calling like several phone numbers and stuff. Um, so we did find out what it was. It's just some weird cult. Um, <laughs> and I would uh, I, I would like to try to turn that that cluster of people over to trying to discover what's going on with Council Bluffs. I think I think we got a good shot at it. I was really hoping you were gonna say that cult is in Council Bluffs. No, they're in Colorado Springs. Oh, mm. that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes a, sense. There's a lot of recreational use of no, I things there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll Council Bluffs, we would love to hear from you, and I hope you're doing well as well. All right, guys, so here's what we're going to talk about. Um, we are going to actually get into some denominational politics, and this may not be like your favorite thing to discuss. Uh, it normally wouldn't be mine, but I think this was just utterly fascinating, and I really am very interested in having these conversations. But at the same time, we're getting ready to talk about the annual meeting of right. the largest Protestant denomination in our country, and whether you're a Baptist or not, whether you're non-denominational or not, I mean, these things have waves. Yep, so. they do. And uh, and some major things are happening. So we'd love for you to hang on and uh, stick with us through this episode as we talk about some things that hit a little close to home. So uh, while we are not really, I guess, affiliated with any specific church, although all three of us are from the same church and we work there and we uh, are using all of their equipment and uh, and doing all the all that fun stuff. Sure, but um, we do not speak for the church. We've right, mentioned that before. We've said that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we are affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention, and the Southern Baptist Convention has had its fair share of controversies and issues over the years. Issues, I it's, believe it's pronounced. Issues yeah. and controversies. Uh, last week, the SBC met for their annual meeting. It was a pretty big deal considering what was at stake and the divisions that were revealed. And so we want to have a conversation to kind of break it down here Talk about what's happening in our denomination, what happened, where we go from here. Tim was there, uh, and I was watching online all 15 hours all day long of the of the uh, I want to convention know, live stream. Would you have, if you had come with us, mm-hmm. would you have stayed in the room for all of it? Never. Yeah. Never. Yeah, but because you had it live stream, you were able to do other things. And I you're walked the dog. AD, I HD, had it. Yeah, my, sure. yeah. I just, to me, I hate going to conferences Mm -hmm. where you just have to sit and listen to people talk forever and ever and ever. Mm -hmm. But I am kind of fascinated by, um, by business meetings and and those kind of politics and things like that. But so for those who aren't listening, who may be like, I have no idea what a Southern Baptist is. I have no idea why this matters. Um, I first was kind of introduced the Southern Baptist convention. Tim, help us work out. What is a Southern Baptist? What are our unique characteristics? What is our mission? Who are we? I don't think anybody knows. I don't agree. We're like we're like CRT. Like everybody <laughs> thinks they understand, but nobody really knows. Uh, so I, I, you, there could probably be a bunch of different definitions on what is or who is a Southern Baptist. So we have in 2000 we modified a statement of faith, a creed. You might want to call it. Some people call the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, and technically by the letter of the law, if you want to say. Uh, if you can be a Southern Baptist, you would be a, uh, someone who is affiliated or a member of a affiliated Southern Baptist church or a church that affiliates with the Southern Baptist denomination. Uh, and that church only needs to be in, quote, friendly cooperation with that statement of faith. That's mm-hmm. it. 
so not like a full-throated like believer of the that statement of faith or not like sign a document of that statement of faith friendly quote-unquote friendly cooperation so really when you boil everything down um if you are a southern baptist you believe in cooperation not only in you know doctrinally but you believe in cooperation most importantly missionally um southern baptists are uh i think uh the denomination who works cooperatively the best in terms of church planning locally and international missions which is why Mm -hmm. We have the largest mission sending agency in the world, why we have the largest church planning agency in North America, why we have the third uh, disaster relief organization just behind uh, Salvation Army and help me out, the Red, Red Cross, Cross, and why we have like uh, five or six, I think, of the premier seminaries in, in the country and why we have the, like, the largest uh, religious liberty and ethics lobbying agency in Washington, D.C., like all of that happens because we cooperate together with mm-hmm. funds and prayer and our feet and all of those different things. So at our core, Southern Baptists, in my opinion, are people on mission who seek to cooperate. And I know that'll come up in a little bit when we start talking yeah. about doctoral integrity and things. But what I think also makes us a little bit unique is is other denominations have like councils and boards yeah. and sort of their own version of yeah. the papacy and and the bishops and all of the, yeah southern baptists are bottom up yeah so when we had that meeting it, that that is the southern the southern baptist convention is two days every year that's yeah. it that is the southern baptist convention yeah. and those people who were on the floor including me who was there this past week we tell the people who were elected and who are appointed by us this is what you're supposed to do that's yeah. a bottom up yeah yeah and so it sometimes it can actually because of our size and turn and our reach, um, and because of our structure, it can actually be a little messier than other oh, denominations for sure. because it's a bunch of local autonomous churches right. all working in partnership and right. everybody kind of saying we want to drive the car too. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so there have been times where the Southern Baptist Convention has not looked great because you know there's a little bit of. Um, it just it's messier. Sure. It, it it's not as it's not as clean. And so um there there are pluses and minuses to that. Yeah. And so but that's that's unique. We really we really like that and and by and large um no by no means are we saying any denomination is perfect, but uh really like the opportunities that being a part of the SBC affords us. And that's the thing too. We have brothers and sisters in other churches that call themselves independent fundamental baptist churches if we just want to keep it even within that baptist moniker. Um and I, I'm quick to tell those brothers and sisters, like, no, I, I, great, love you. Uh, Jesus loves you, and I know you love the Lord. Uh, but your independent claim is the same as ours. <laughs> yeah. You're fundamental. I get yeah. that. That's what sets you apart. But your you independence apart. does not set you apart because yeah. we are autonomous just like you. Nobody in the SBC leadership ever tells us what to do. No. We sign on to what we, you know, if, if there are things that, that get put out, we can sign on to it. We can sign off. Yeah. And, uh, we and are so led that, by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Scriptures, and by a team of elders who seek to submit to both. Yep. And then the SBC is just this organization that we partner with to do good things yep. in the world. Cooperative program would be the term. Yep. And so prior to, uh, for people who don't follow denominational politics, which we don't blame you, I mean, it, it's and particularly in the SBC, it's really not that significant of a thing. Um, as you said, we only meet two days out of the year to conduct business. Um, prior to the SBC, 
annual meeting, Trevin Wax, he writes for the Gospel Coalition, he wrote an article that really gave a broad overview of what the Southern Baptist Convention is currently fighting over. Um, I can't recall a time in my ministry, now granted it's not that long, uh, but I can't recall a time in which I have seen the Southern Baptist Convention at odds with each other this much. It seemed pretty pretty out there in the open. Now, are you talking about things that you have read or what you actually experienced from the meeting from that live stream? Both. Okay. Primarily from what I've read. Um, and then it was leading up to it and then seeing what has the, what the fallout has been. Sure. Um, but then also seeing some of those pieces at play and watching the meeting go down. It okay. reinforced like, okay, yeah, this is, this is really big. And we're going to talk about some of those um, major key component issues. But what I like about, and we'll include it in the show notes, what I liked about Trevin Wax's article is that instead of getting down into the nitty gritty and the individual issues that we're arguing about, he just gave a broad overview of the tension that is currently in the Southern Baptist Convention. So what I want to do is I want to just, the three of us, just kind of work through what these broad issues are, and then we'll look at how those played out Mm -hmm. in the annual meeting. And so in his article, Trevin Wax says that there are three big questions that the SBC is wrestling with. And number one, it comes down to, do Southern Baptist churches unite primarily around doctrinal consensus or missional cooperation? And so what he's saying there is kind of what you referred to is, is talking about a friendly partnership. Mm -hmm. Are we coming on and we're saying, yeah, we don't completely agree with all of the aspects of the Baptist faith and message Mm -hmm. or the resolutions that the Mm -hmm. SBC passes, but we're on board with working together for the gospel Mm -hmm. versus the other side that basically says you need to be in alignment theologically, Mm -hmm. doctrinally with where the Southern Baptists are. And if you are not, aligned with that you're out you, you can uh, I, I think as far as the, the the way it's set up you can be however i think some of that is coming into question because the spc just disassociated with a couple of churches in mm-hmm. the last year uh, m- most of them i would I, I understand were because they were harboring and or continued to employ ministers who were guilty um of sex abuse yeah uh that i'm good with um the other one that they disassociated with, and let me be clear, I agree with their doctrinal position, but I also think they set a precedent that it could have been, you know, I don't know where it would go. Um, they disassociated with a church who allowed a same-sex married couple, both believers, both professing believers, mm-hmm. uh, to be a full-fledged covenant member of their church. Right. So not just attend, like every, I think everybody's in agreement, attend, uh, mm-hmm. you know, come and attend and hear the word of God. But they were at that point in time accepting them in as a covenant member saying, all right, we agree with you. We affirm you and your lifestyle. Continue living the way you're living. Right. And uh, uh, so, again, I, I agree with the, that position that that was, that was wrong doctrinally from my perspective and study the scriptures. But I think they also set a precedent of now they are t- they're, they're kind of towing the line or going across the line of, all right, is this just missional cooperation or is this doctrinal purity? Right. And I think they definitely put themselves in a position where now more things are going to come up, which yeah. it it did. Like when Saddleback, uh, just yeah. a, like a two couple months before the convention, um, ordained a couple women as pastors, people are saying, well, hey, wait a minute, look over here. Right. You towed the line on doctrinal purity over here, so now you have to tow the line on doctor, doctrinal purity here. And so it, it could get more messy. 
But my answer is, listen, if we want to cooperate on mission, then let's cooperate on mission. Uh, you, you guys know that I, I, I'll work with a Lutheran. I'll work with a Methodist. I'll work with a Pentecostal. I'll work with a Catholic. Yeah. Like if it's about serving the lost uh, or it's about evangelizing the lost, serving the poor, feeding, you know, giving whatever, like yeah. let's, let's join together. Now we can all go back to our separate little, you know, corners of the kingdom and 31 flavors and discuss the doctrine the way we see fit. But cooperation can be had. But I think the SBC, in my opinion, uh, needs to uh, define what Trevin Wax is here is talking about better. Is it doctrinal consensus or missional cooperation? I would rather see them go towards missional cooperation. Agreed. Um, yeah, and on that note with like the Saddleback thing, um, I was reading that the uh, this was the first time that it had been addressed or this kind of like doctrinal dispute had been addressed on the national level. It got referred to uh, one of the committees. Um, but apparently that, that, that has been decision. Like churches have been disassociated on like local and uh, on like state by state denominational levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's tough when you start looking at those kind of things, when you start to say you must be fully aligned in every aspect in every area because then right. somebody has to be an arbiter of that and figure out yeah. what that line looks like. That's it, the tough part because because yeah. we're talking about that at the local church level. To be clear, the Baptist faith and message is a, a doctrinal statement uh, that has to be the term is without hesitation accepted by anyone who works for the denomination. Yeah. So anybody in the seminaries, anybody who wants to come on and be funded as a church plant, they have to quote unquote, without hesitation, say, yes, this is my doctrinal statement of the Baptist faith and message. Yeah. Um, and so basically if you're going to be funded, if you, if you're going to get the, the denominations full throated approval that you need to stand with. But if you just want to cooperate and work with us, yeah. then you need to have a friendly cooperation with a sure. doctrinal statement. So, Big question number two. So that was number one. Big question number two is, should we engage secular sources of knowledge with a fundamentalist or an mm. evangelical posture? Mm -hmm. Basically, this comes down to, do we accept anything that is outside of the Bible as good general knowledge or wisdom um, philosophies uh, and and really what this comes down to is he mentions you know different types of counseling and psychology if there's secular psychology can we employ some things that we learn from that area uh, can we can we work that in if sometimes it seems like it could run counter to scripture but really the big issue right now sure. is CRT. Yeah. And I would say we already do like all of the things that you just mentioned in counseling and business and right. finances, right. we, we're not running our books and training our CPA right. with biblical, you know, that's right. like, so there, so yes, the answer is yes. We have to have a posture of grace when it comes to general revelation and common grace. But yeah, the, the hot button issue is CRT. CRT. And um, here's the thing, like I was in the room, like I have, I've heard and read some of the things that have come out of the conventions and pieces that people have read that are absolutely contrary to what I experienced in the room. Right. Like people are saying, okay, now people are walking away. I'm reading pieces in, you know, and again, this is the internet, right? The right. internet. But people are t picking up pieces and sharing them around of things that are saying, okay, the Southern Baptists are now saying CRT is the lens by which we view the Bible. Right. And I say, what? Wh what who are you listening to? Right. There is nothing but a denunciation, nothing but a disassociation with CRT the entire time that I was there at all. 
But at the same time, there were, and the current new president, Ed Litton, said, we need to understand it. Yeah. Like, this is, these are things that are being taught in our schools, taught in our society, just like uh, the theory of evolution is being taught in there. And so we can say, okay, the th- evolution is a, is a godless theory. CRT is a godless theory. And we can say, hey, that's not biblical. Like, with that, we don't subscribe to that. Yeah. But uh, I, we, we need to know it. And that is his position. But the problem yeah. is anybody who doesn't completely throw a bomb at those three letters mm-hmm. is by some called a heretic. Yeah. Uh, so we're not allowed to listen anymore. We have to stand on the other side of the, and throw a, um, a a grenade, unfortunately. Well, so, what doesn't help is that Ed Litton has a history and a record of working towards racial reconciliation mm-hmm. and kind of making that some of his, you know, kind of main thrust of his ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people like that. A mm-hmm. lot of people are like, yeah, this needs to happen. And considering the history of the Southern Baptists and our founding and how we how we got all of that started, we don't have the best track record with that. And so to have a, a leader who says, look, we need to pursue racial reconciliation and doesn't come out and go anything mildly related to the boogeyman of CRT. It um, is a boogeyman. It is. It's 100% a boogeyman. And and I would, I mean, we're going to talk about it a little more later. I mean, we can talk about it now. We'll, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk um, about it now. We'll talk about it later. I, mean, I got a chance to meet Ed Litton two months ago. He came like across the border in West Virginia, and he—I mean—he just sat there for an hour and told a story. Yeah, and he was being called woke, uh, yeah. just to, just sitting down at the table. Like I don't even remember. He told it was after one of these shootings, after one of these shootings that caught the—you know—that was yeah. like horrific and terrible. And he's in like Alabama, and yeah. like pastors in his town said, "Hey, let's get together and have a cohort. Let's just sit down yeah. and let's talk. Let's pray." Let's pray for the, and, and so he was one, I, if, I can't remember the story, if he was the only white pastor who showed up or one of a small, but he was in the minority. Yeah. And all his, uh, he he was already nailed to the wall after that for showing up. Right. For showing up. And I'm right. like, come on, we can do so much better than that. Yeah. That's ridiculous. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but yeah, absolutely. You're hundred percent right. I mean, we, we are employing just general revelation and, and common grace ideas that, that are in the world, we have pulled those into our church culture. That's not a bad thing. But in terms of those who really want purity from specific issues. Sure, we need to be careful. Yeah, we need to be careful. We need to be careful. But yeah, we can't get so sidetracked by, but I, I don't, I mean, you know, I, who, who, how, again, we mentioned uh, evolution and the theory of, like that was probably a boogeyman for a long time too. Sure. And now the church goes, huh? Like we're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you teach you, and we'll teach us. Yeah. Um. And but now we're getting so sidetracked. James Merritt, who was the uh, the leader of the resolutions uh, committee, the resolutions yeah. committee. Yeah. I uh, I applauded him when he one gentleman got up and was like, CRT, CRT. It needs to say CRT. And he's like, Sir, it says in here all theories that are contrary to the Bible, and CRT is one of those. And he was like, but it needs to say CRT. And he literally clapped back and said, if we cared more, uh, if we cared half as much about evangelism as we do, you know, decrying CRT, we'd win the world to Christ. Yeah. Tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Tomorrow. tomorrow. And I was like, thank you, sir. Yeah. I appreciate that. Because yeah. there's so many people chasing the boogeyman. And right. like, can we just focus on cooperating in mission? Yeah. Like, w- no one in that room. Here's the thing. There's a lot of crazy uncles in that room. There's a lot of crazy uncles. Yeah. Not a single person got up from the stage or from the floor to of support CRT. Not right. a single person. Right. No one. Well, I think not the, even the crazy uncles. But the issue, I think, the issue though for a lot of these people is that 
two years ago sure. at the meeting, there was a resolution. It's called what Resolution Nine that came out and said it didn't decry CRT. Right. It basically said CRT can analytical be tool. an analytical tool. Yeah. It is a tool for analysis that can be helpful. However, in that resolution, it said it does not supersede the Bible. Mm. Like whatever, you know, yeah, you can use this for, for analysis, mm. but at the end of the day, and there were those who were really upset well, here's the that yeah, it didn't get right. rescinded. No, and I get it. I completely I acknowledge that, and I'm pretty sure next year you'll probably see her, you know, a, something being rescinded. But here's the thing. There is somebody that got up from the floor and said, I move that we rescind this one and this one and this one and the resolution yeah. on colored people and the resolution on Negroes. Sorry for using that language, but yeah. that's that was the, the language of the uh, resolution. And the lawyer basically got up and said, you cannot erase people's opinion. You can't erase the yeah. past. Yeah. Like these resolutions, here's these resolutions are press releases. Right. They're an opinion paper of these people got together and gave an opinion to the surrounding culture. That's all they are. Right. And you can't erase what their opinion was 150 years ago. Like right. we can decry it and we can say that's not our opinion anymore, but you can't erase history yeah. and say, no, we didn't have that opinion. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, yeah 2019, uh, it'll be interesting to see what goes on with that. Um, and, and how that continues to play out because I don't think we're done with it. But he, yeah. when I, I sat in Birmingham in that arena in 2019 and had, that was the first time I was introduced to those three words, critical race theory. And what in the world yeah. are we talking about? Yeah. And people were screaming back and forth. And since it has absolutely morphed into the boogeyman since yep. because it got picked up, I, it, it got picked up in the political realm uh -huh. and uh, our administration and Capitol Hill and the White House were using it and all of our new favorite news channels were using it. And it has grown, yeah, for sure. It has it has certainly entered the the vernacular. And what's remarkable to me is how pretty much nobody knows what it is. No. Um, I mean, we've had conversations with people like Dr. Adam Alvarez, who uh, who came on, and it, this is his work. He understands, and and even he had a difficult time trying to go. Yeah, this is really what it is. I mean, like it's an analysis tool, right? It, it's something that is helpful to understand the way, but it has just become this thing where people are like, I'm so afraid of this idea of CRT. Can't tell you what it means, or I can tell you a really dumbed down version that doesn't come close. I just, it, whatever. But the thing is like, when you look at it from a top-down perspective, like bare bones, um, it is not incompatible <laughs> with, with the Bible. It's not incompatible with anything because it talks to a completely different thing than what like the message of Jesus's salvation and, and the grace of God is like, this is an analytical tool for examining the, the current situation of race in America, right? Not, not eternity, not sin, nothing like that comes into play here. It, it is, it is literally just the assumption um, at its core that like the systems that man built as a sinful creature are inherently sinful. Like that, that blows my mind that people find issue with that. Well, so I think, you know what CRT is then is what you're saying. I'm at, I would ask if people don't what CRT is. Okay. Um, but, I, but I also think, I think what's problematic is how some people, and I'll validate, and I'll validate this, how some people apply CRT in, in terms of how they go, okay, this is, we're going to take this and this information that we get, and we are going to construct uh, a, a, a practice and a way of doing things that may not even still be fitting with CRT. It can be abused on both sides is what I'm, is what I'm saying. Sure. But I would argue that 
the abuse we see in the Southern Baptist Convention is an abuse of ignorance as opposed to an abuse of like overuse. Right. Agreed. And and I think and I think that's been the, largely the issue. It's just been a lot of people who have recently become aware of this and have heard it from uh, a, a tainted political side and have said, we hate this. Don't, I mean, don't I, totally know what it is, but we hate it. At its core, we we talked about like the the pirate people, the, the ultra conservatives. Right. Like, they have decided to stop worshiping God and have decided to start worshiping American politics, and they're trying to bring it into the church, into the Southern Baptist Convention. And this year was at its core a fight over whether or not the Southern Baptist Convention was going to continue worshiping God, or that it was going to start worshiping politics. That's extreme, but go ahead. That, that was take. my statement. No, that's <laughs> fine. That's uh, you, You've got your, you, you can say what you want to say. I so, think that's a, that's just as extreme as some of the people who walked away from the convention and now think we're in liberal mess. Right. Like uh, we, we weren't on the precipice of disaster last week. Um, yeah. But to hear some people say it, yeah, on the, both the sides. ship, the ship has gone down. Like, you know, it, it's, it's, well, let, we'll jump back into these specifics. So I want, I want to, I want to finish up this on the Trevin Wax thing. Lastly, big question number three, how politically aligned must Southern Baptists be in order to cooperate together? It is not, uh, it will surprise no one that the Southern Baptist convention has largely been aligned with the political right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's just a lot still of the is, issues. Still will is. be for a long time. Right. Um, maybe forever. But I think there were factions that over the past four years where that severed a lot due to who was leading the political right. And there were some in the Southern Baptists who did not uh, did not back President Trump. Um, And there were there were those who felt like he was, if not God's man, he was at least God's man as a Cyrus to lead us into, you know, health and, and recovery for one article I did read, and I, I think you put it in here uh, in the notes. I mean, the, the the Republican Party, well, let me take that back. Southern Baptists are a mixture of the extremely conservative and the very conservative. Right. <laughs> right. And the extremely conservative are calling the very conservative liberals. Right. And I see that, and again, I'm outside of the political realm, but I see that in the the Republican Party where you have the extremely conservative calling the very conservative rhinos. Right. Republican in name only, right? right? So, and you have to either be all the way on the extreme or you're against us, you're not yeah. with us. And and we see that, I see that certainly in the SPC. Uh, I would call those people, as mentioned, the independent fundamental Baptist, that's who they are. Right. They're, I mean, they are IFB brothers and I'll call them brothers and sisters. I don't, yeah. they could listen the podcast I listened to just last week that now said that the SBC is godless and all who are in are still godless and we're all unsaved sinners. All right. Uh, okay. My shoulders are big enough to take that. I'm not going to call you the same. Yeah. I believe you're saved, you know, a sinner saved by grace. Um, but just you're, you're fundamental. Like if you were to, all they have to do in some, some of these brothers that I listen to, if you, they were just to add to their pulpit KJV only and women only mm-hmm. in dresses, mm-hmm. they're exactly like the IFP 100%. brothers and sisters that I yeah. listen to. Yeah. Yep. And and so as Trevin Wax points out, what's happening right now, and this is a very positive thing, is that diversity is growing in the Southern Baptist. Racial diversity is growing in the Southern Baptist Convention. It is. 60% uh, of all church plants in the last year were, eth- were non-Anglo. Yeah. 60%. The yeah. majority. That's awesome. Yeah. But with that, we understand that many times minorities tend to vote Democrat 
is what he says in the article. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that black Christians uh, make up a significant voting block of the Democrat Party. Mm-hmm. And so as we grow in racial diversity in the convention, what happens when all of a sudden we don't politically align? To me, this is sort of obvious, which is kingdom first and mm-hmm. politics second like mm-hmm. this shouldn't even be a fight yeah. but for some people it is and so those are that's kind of setting the stage for what happened last week i want to i want to pivot into that um that, that basically there were a number of sides that were being a number of lines that were being drawn and they're basically two sides and as tim alluded to already it's sort of between the conservatives and the ultra conservatives or what we would call previously fundamentalists, people who just say, you must agree with me on on every little bit and we need to be rigid. It comes down to issues of grace versus rules, mercy versus judgment. And where we would have, I think where the where we would align would be Bible first versus Bible only. Mm. And 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 so what happened was you had these two factions and David French, and I'll include this as well. David French wrote a great article. He actually released it yesterday talking about the Southern Baptist convention. And he identified the two sides as, and this kind of made me bristle a little bit, but is that behind uh, a paywall. No, it's okay. not. Um, there are some things that are behind a paywall, but, yeah. but this isn't, uh, well, actually maybe it is cause I'm, I subscribe to the French yeah, dispatch. Yeah. 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 Anyway, but I'll tell you what he said, or at least in part of it. Um, He said, in a series of contentious confrontations, the nation's largest Protestant denomination confirmed that it is, for now, more evangelical than fundamentalist. And that outcome is good news for the church and the nation. And basically, he said, you have the evangelicals and you have the fundamentalists. And I want to kind of reclaim evangelical because we had a whole conversation about that back when we did our outrage series. Mm -hmm. That evangelical had sort of become this voting group, a political group versus a religious one. And what he's saying is that this is more in in line with a a religious entity versus a political one. Um, But what we, what I thought was kind of funny, also sort of sad is that the fundamentalist group, the ultra conservative that was really uh, pushed by the conservative Baptist network. It was a a new group Mm -hmm. within the denomination who all came together and said, okay, let's work together. And they used, fundamentalist language uh, along the lines of let's take back the ship. And so they were basically referring to themselves as pirates that we're on this ship and we're going to take it back and we're going to steer it correctly. And, and whatever. It's funny. Cause I guess I don't, I don't really pay attention to much of that. I didn't hear, I've, I've never heard the pirate term until after I left Nashville. Really? Yeah. Some in the conservative Baptist network I saw had pictures. Self-proclaiming of, themselves as pirates, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had, they had, um, they had pictures of them holding up like Jolly Roger flags with the skulls and they're going, you know, we're the pirates, you know, and it was hashtag take back the ship, Mm. um, take back. And so the whole thing was, we are coming for the flag. We are going to lead, we are going to push. And, uh, and so about, I think they said ultimately about 17,000 people, 17,000 Southern Baptists went to Nashville to basically work these issues out. Mm And about uh, 15,500 registered voters by the time or messengers, we call them messengers by the time all was said and done. Yeah. They are the representatives from local churches that are basically coming in and saying, here's what we, here's what we want to do. And so mm-hmm. the issue with the, the issue for the fundamentalist side of things, the conservative Baptist network was largely issues of compromise that they think that we should not compromise that compromise anywhere is compromise everywhere. And so there were, 
I when I looked at it, I think there were four major fights okay. that took place. You tell me if, if I'm if I'm off on them. And I want to just take a few minutes to discuss each one. One uh, was the issue of sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Two was abortion. Mm-hmm. Three was uh, CRT. Mm-hmm. And then fourth was the presidency. Okay. Was there any other issue you think that was a primary one that I'm forgetting? No, I don't think so. All right. So we'll kind of work on these. But basically, a lot of what happens, and as Tim referenced, we send out basically press releases that a large portion of what is done in the business section of resolutions are the resolutions. And what these are, these are just statements that say, this is what we believe. This is what we adhere to so that the world knows. Mm -hmm. And then we vote on them. We vote on the wording. It goes through a, a, a really pretty lengthy process to try to get these things worked out so that people understand this is what Southern Baptists stand for. And, and majority, so, majority, yep. correct. Um, the the one that I, I thought was, well, how about this? You talk about Tim. What are resolutions? Do you even think? Because I know I was watching you on Twitter, and you seem to have an attitude that uh, with oh, you were engaging with one of our former guests, Dr. Kevin Smith, about resolutions, and he was basically saying, "I'm I resolve that we or I I propose a resolution that says we look into whether resolutions are even beneficial." I, I mean, I think some of that was emotional being sure. there on the floor and just listening and rolling my eyes at the crazy uncles who came up, hopefully in grace and in love. But uh, yeah, I, we're just fighting over, I mean, grammar almost. And yeah. let's add a word. Let's 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 make a point of order. Let's. I mean, it was it's the world world's largest business meeting with 15,000 yeah. people out there. And it's everyone has the right to the microphone. It is, it's amazing that it has any order whatsoever. And yeah, yeah I, I think, I don't, I, so uh, I guess my position on it after just coming away from Nashville is I think resolutions are necessary. I think a cap, a numerical cap on the number of resolutions we put out might be wise. Sure. Yeah. Like so, nine of the, 10 of them. And some of them are just like, you know, it's like uh, one was the Darfur uh, genocide. Like yeah, right. nobody's got any problem with that. One was thank you to Nashville. Nobody's, I mean, so some of them were just like, nobody's fighting over these, but at least the, the, the hot buttons and all that kind of stuff where people are going to just fight over every little word in there. It would have been nice to have maybe a, a limit. Yeah. Personally. Well, and, and we had resolutions coming from everywhere, from the messengers Everybody's and from the trying resolutions, to add in resolutions committee. Yeah. yeah. But the, let's talk about the ones that were a little contentious because mm-hmm. um, it was it the one that I was really encouraged by. Um, I don't know. Do you want to kind of give an overview? And I know, Josie, you're going to have some things to say about this. But do you want to give kind of an overview of what has happened in regards to sexual abuse and the executive committee and the history of that over the past few years what has happened over the last couple of weeks i'll try um yeah two years ago right before the convention in birmingham the houston chronicle came out with a large what do we call it investigative reporting piece mm-hmm. which i'm thankful to god that they did and they exposed a lot of people who were still employed in sbc churches uh, it also i'm thankful that they exposed these things because yeah. the ex- ex- exposition the exposing of sin is a good thing uh, I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sad that it was there to expose. So to be clear, um, but anyway, yeah, so they put out this. And so what we did two years ago in Birmingham is we had heavy times of lament, heavy times of prayer. We had, uh, like this conference, one of a conference called caring well, and there were mm-hmm. large initiatives that were put forth 
uh, by the, the elected leadership that were there to to seek out, to rid, and also uh, to teach churches to put policies in place with most churches. Especially, I mean, we're all in, you know, we're all um, autonomous churches. And a lot of small churches who don't have job policies in place and don't have the ability to make these checks. And so, yeah, for, for two years, that's been that's been going. And a lot of it's been led um, by Russell Moore at the ERLC. Of course, he just uh, he just he, he left the convention a couple of weeks before this year's convention and in it made some accusations uh, as he left. Well, somebody leaked a letter from a year prior, but regardless, uh, yeah. made some accusations that there were some elected leaders who. Uh, we're fighting against him in this fight to not be as transparent in different things. And so that came up. So, yeah, so there was a, a motion from the floor that an independent investigation needed to happen yeah. to investigate all of these claims. Uh, there, there are, there are more as JD Greer put in his address there, the vast majority of people that he's come in contact with want all of this rid from our church. Yeah. Like the, yeah. there is only a handful of people that are being accused of wanting to cover these things up. Everybody wants it out in the open. Everybody wants it gone. Um, but yeah, there, there was some sort of a motion on the floor that the executive committee, which is basically the board, right. Uh, was going to investigate themselves. Right. And uh, there was someone who kind of led the charge with the rest of us who were waving our ballots high saying, yeah. you can't do that. That's insane. <laughs> and so thankfully, uh, again, the Southern Baptist Convention is a bottom up. And we said, no, you, you can't yeah. do that. And it was voted with, I mean, nearly Almost unanimous. unanimous. Yeah, nearly unanimous. For a very say, contentious, watching it at home, yeah. from a very con- at a very contentious uh, debate on a lot of different yeah. things, when they said... Who is in favor of doing a third party to investigate the EC and they don't Everybody. do it themselves? Yeah. Every ballot went up. Yeah. And I went, you know, that, that says something. That. Print that. Right. Like yeah. you need to expose, expose the sin, print that. Yeah. Make those men stand before the society and before yeah. the court systems and, and come to justice for what they did, but also print the fact that we hate it too. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend I was engaging with just on Facebook uh, today and yesterday who made a comment about, you know, the Southern Baptist Convention because of, I think what she had read said, you know, and they just didn't take sexual abuse very seriously this week. And I went, whoa hold up i've been critical of the southern baptist convention before for things that we've we've not done well i was really proud of what Mm. they did last week because they came out and they said zero tolerance Mm. like we will not put up with any pastor i know there were some people like yeah but what about one little abuse you know and people were like no get out of here with that like if you if you, because uh, another resolution was passed, it basically said, if you are a pastor who is convicted of, of sexual abuse, you are forever disqualified from serving in the Southern Baptist Church. Again, that's a resolution, which is an yeah. opinion, not enforceable, because we're all autonomous churches. But right. the SBC, the majority, we all came together and says, this is what we want. Yeah. yeah. But it's enforceable in the sense that if a church, as they've done in the past, if they we can have be done disassociated, that, you can sure. you can disfellowship, you can expel right. them from the convention. So right. it is enforceable in that regard. Sure, I agree. Um, that we can't, you know, we don't have a a leadership structure in which the people at the well, not really Nashville, but the Southern Baptist, you know, executive committee can't sure. tell us how to run our churches. But the churches can say, "Yep, nope, we break fellowship with you because you're you are acting in opposition right. to what our what we have what we've done." And then as well. The fact that they told the executive committee with all of them right there, yeah, we're coming for you. 
you know, and, and, you know, not necessarily we're coming for you, but, but we don't take seriously the way that you have handled these things. We don't trust. I mean, they said from the floor, we don't trust you. And so as a result, we're going to investigate this and we're not going to put up with having any hint of sexual abuse either. Not that the executive committee has no one on, from my understanding has been accused of sexual abuse, but even in how they handled it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's totally I'm I'm appreciative of that, and I'm I was really encouraged by that. Agreed, and and you mentioned you know somebody reading a piece that was uh, that that they took, uh, and they completely misunderstood what had happened on the floor. For those those who watched and those who yeah. were there, I was having a conversation via email with a brother today. There's a big difference. All of us have a slant, right? Yeah, I have a slant. Y'all have a lean, but regardless, all of us have a slant. But there's a big difference in slant and slander. Like if you start, yeah. like you you can right. you cannot. Or, or excuse slander by saying, oh, it's just a slant. Like, no, no, you can't. Yeah. Anyway, Joe, you, you said Joe would have thoughts. Um, how did I want to phrase this? Uh, I'm not going to give the committee and the convention credit, or I'm not going to give the convention credit for doing the bare minimum. Uh, this should not have been like a question that was up in the air of whether or not they would allow a, a, a group that was accused of uh, mishandling investigations in the past to continue investigating themselves. Um, and with that in mind, like this was not a major victory for me. This was us about to crane over a cliff and then someone finally grabbed the steering wheel and jerked us back onto the road. Um, like that was, that was, this, this should not have been surprising. This should not like make us feel, we can take happiness or whatever we want to feel out of this, but like this should not be like, Ooh, victory. Like this should be like, wow, I really wish that this hadn't been a question. I wish that this had just been like expected. Um, and I don't know. I look at, I look at other things too. So like um, when we look at like the presidential election, we haven't spoken about that yet, but when we look at the, the, the election of the president, um, candidate Mike Stone directly implicated in some of these accusations and how he still got like 48% of the vote. Like, like we, there was an indictment on the behavior of the committee, but like, there was no follow through in any of the other actions that we saw this weekend. Well, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. I, I, I mean, I, obviously, there's imperfection in all organizations, um, and I'm 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 at least thankful that we said no. And I don't get me wrong. Yeah. I am very thankful that this happened. Like mm -hmm. I'm like I don't want to I don't want to sound like I'm uh, I'm ungrateful or that mm -hmm. I like uh, upset about it. Like. I just wish like I, I'm upset more than I'm like angry or, or I'm just sad more that like that this had to be a question. Yeah. yeah. I mean it, it right. But when it was a question overwhelmingly in a contentious in a contentious environment of of we are on this side and we are on this side. This was the thing that all parties came together and said we do not want this to ha to happen this way. And I would say this, you can be upset all you want. I follow a number of the sexual abuse of victims who were a part of this work. They're celebrating. And so to me, if they're the ones that are going, this is good, then I'm inclined to go, because I think you are kind of a bomb thrower at the SBC. And, and I, so to me, I go, they that's a, that's a with love term with love, by the way. <laughs> with love. I mean you you've said some some unkind things about it and what I'm saying is that the the people who were most directly impacted by this 
see this as very good and they are welcome to see that as that like i too see this as as a victory i I am glad that this is happening but this is the bare minimum like this should not be this should not be a cause for celebration even if we are going to celebrate it like we should or like we are um there should be so many other points where we are able to come together and not have this be a matter of contention like like sexual abuse should not be like a contentious topic i'm glad it isn't but like that should not be the point at which we're like we finally came together and like did the right thing. Well, but I think when we, and I, I, I hate to disparage other denominations, but when we have seen sexual abuse run rampant in other denominations, it can go that way. And so for overwhelmingly. Yeah. This I, is the beauty of a bottom up. So yeah. top down with the hierarchy, with cronyism. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I think there's cronyism in the SBC, you know, cause sure. you, you know who, you know, there's cronyism everywhere. Mm. All right. Um, but with yeah, with the with the top down, uh, it is much easier to control information, much easier to control that different. And we've seen that in other denominations. But this was a bottom up denomination saying no, no, like we are not even going to no investigate. So I'm thankful for it. And yeah. I, and I would look at it as on the same levels. I would look at other things that at some point we need to celebrate good things happening and progress. When we look back at the Southern Baptist racial history, you know if if they. Um, as as they didn't in uh, in the the annual meeting last week, they didn't go back on anything that they have af- uh, affirmed with CRT. They didn't go back and water things down on their on their position. The um, the outgoing president J D Greer said a number of things in regards to affirming uh, minorities in the Southern Baptist Convention. I mean, this is all really good stuff. Are we just going to sit here every time and go, yeah, well, you know, you got started because of slavery. It's like, yes, but they're making moves to do the right thing. At some point we got to go, all right, that's good. That's a good thing. We're making moves to do the right thing, but then half of us are kicking and screaming the whole time. Like that's, that's still a problem that will continue to be a problem. And that's for me, the thing that like, until we can get people on board, it's just it's just going to be a bitter victory for me yeah. sure and then your other options are to not be a part of um, 13 million people whatever it is in 50,000 churches and then just go non-denominational and say we're going to do everything ourselves that's I mean that's the option and that's why a lot of people have gone non-denominational and say you know what I, we, we want to fellowship uh, or we want to cooperate officially with no church uh, you know I do it myself and that might be, you know, sure. Okay. I don't fault anybody for doing that. And there's plenty, there's non-denominational churches everywhere. Um, but there are churches who say I can synergize and be a part of something different here. The cooperative program is, I mean, you, you know me, I'm not up there on the pulpit, like preaching this all the time. Um, but it's, I mean, it's, it's a pretty powerful thing Yeah. Um, to be able to do what, I mean, a, a now, for a church our size who has missionaries and are funding other missionaries and are giving a large percentage of what comes in, but the average SBC church is like 55 people. And so go tell all of these 55, you know, go be a non-denominational church and do everything on your own. No, but they can give towards something, all of these churches and be part of something larger. This gives them an opportunity to do so. Uh, and so cooperating together is a good thing. Now it's just, you know, making sure the house is clean for sure. Yeah. And I completely agree with that. We need to make sure the house is clean. So let's jump to the next one. So the one that was more contentious than the sexual abuse was the issue of abortion. Yeah. Which is, it just feels so weird talking about the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting 
and talking about how there was a debate over abortion because right. basically what came out of this is is exactly what the Southern Baptist Convention went in the same same position um, from the standpoint of a bunch of conservative people got into a room and certain people said you're not fundamental enough mm-hmm. and and really so what ended up happening was there was um, a guy who presented a resolution that basically said we need to uh, take the approach as Southern Baptists that whole abolition uh, mm-hmm. abolishment of abortion that we cannot we cannot play patty cake with this anymore we need to have a hard line we will not tolerate anything but the complete abolishment of abortion in our country but it, I don't have it in front of me uh, maybe I should before I speak out of order if I remember correctly from the discussion from the floor tolerate was not the word it was something along if you can pull it up um, it was something along the lines of we will not support half measures and that was what people were arguing right like no, like everybody's like hey we're, we're on the record right of being against abortion but right. many people got up and said but this is dangerous right to say that we won't support any of these half measures so somebody got up and said uh, like everybody in here is totally against late term yeah. abortion or partial birth or yeah. what, whatever it is whatever yeah, these terms birth. are yeah. so are we going to say if the government says alright we can't abolish full abortion but we'll abortion these late we'll, we will get rid of these late terms are we really going to as a people say nope 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 we will not tolerate all any half nothing. measures right? all, all or, or nothing. nothing yeah I think that was Again, that was a very fundamental thing to do. Yeah. We are Pharisees. Um, um, that was a very unloving thing to say. But we, well, so, he wasn't wrong. Uh, but it, but he, all or nothing. And I, I, and I mean, people debated that, which yeah. they should have. And they did. And I just. And they got and they and somebody got up and said, look, what, I make a motion that we amend this resolution. Add to, the word alone. Alone. Right. To say that we're, we're not going to be satisfied with this, with, with just getting, um, what, I forget what the word was, uh, but that, that we went incremental, that we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be okay with just incremental change. We obviously want abortion to be abolished. We want that to not be a thing in our country. Sure. No one, Everybody. but the, but the thing is, and I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but if you read conservative Baptist Twitter, it's all about how the people who the elites they now refer to, they're using the language of the 2020 election like the elites have now won and what they are doing is that they no longer care about abortion mm. and abortion is fine with them and 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 they don't want to abolish abortion and I go that is such a, a lie and a misrepresentation like it is it has been everything that I can do to not engage with these people who are just outright lying about the positions that uh, that were taken. Basically, it's the equivalent of saying if you're on a sinking ship and you've got rowboats to save half of the people, these people, um, there were those who I think were reasonable who say, okay, let's put as many people in those boats as we can and save all that we can and hopefully more help will come versus the others that say if every single person doesn't have a seat on this rowboat, uh, on these rowboats, then, then we're, we're not using any of them. And here's the thing. So I just, I'm looking it up now. So we had previous to this uh, motion that, uh, or resolution that was submitted from the floor. Uh, we had flew, we flew through a resolution on, called on taxpayer complicity, complicity with an abortion in the Hyde Amendment. Right. And in it, we were like, abortion again is wrong. Right. Like it was just again said that it was right. wrong. And then uh, was brought up from the floor. No, that's not enough. This is on abolishing abortion. And I'll read the exact 
language, be it resolved, uh, that we will not embrace an incremental approach to ending abortion because it challenges God's leadership, lordship over the heart and conscience, rejects call of repentance of sin completely and immediately. And that was it. And but the amendment was we will not embrace an incremental approach alone. Right. Which then everybody was like, okay, yeah, like we're we're okay with yeah. it now. So well, what's funny is that the people who presented the motion, they were like, they this didn't wa- will water it down. No. Like, don't do this. Right. Don't vote for it. And then everybody voted for it. And so the amendment that they right. put forward, uh, well, he the resolution, yeah. So the every, every resolution, yeah. That that was basically everybody going, we're all on the same page here, but right. this we don't agree with. Yeah. And as people uh, suggest an amendment, it's either accepted as a friendly amendment or it's, no, we'll put this to a vote. Yeah. And they said, no, we don't want to put this word alone in. We don't want to water it down. So it went to a vote and everybody's like, no, we're good with it. Add yeah. the word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was kind of fun. That was funny. So what ended up happening is like the vote switched because initially mm-hmm. the conservative side was like, we're for this amendment. And the other side was like, no. Or, I mean, we're for this resolution. And then the other side was like, no. And then somebody from the other side came up and said, let's amend it to say this. And the conservative side said, no. <laughs> they just lost again. Yeah. Uh, so they are the pirates who don't win anything. And so I know you're getting ready to talk at the next point on race. Yeah. And I, so I don't quite, I do have an answer, but I also will in grace say I see their point. Um, I don't know why we have to continue every year to take a stance on abortion. Yeah. Like every year. Um, I see why it was necessary to take a stance on race this year, yeah. but the conversations I hear in the hallway are, why do we have to say it every single year? Yeah. Why do we have to apologize every single year? And I see that point, but in 2021, I think it was necessary. Yeah. But if it comes, you know, if like, I don't think we need to do it every year. I think that's a little silly. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of have to see their point if I can straddle that line a little bit, yeah. but this year from everything that happened in 2020 and then also the implications and the accusations that came from Russell Moore when he left of the good old boy, this, that, and the other, yeah. what what was said was needed to be said yeah. anyway. And then, uh, the third issue that just came up everywhere was the issue of CRT. And we've talked about it at length already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was no, um, the resolution nine was intact. In fact, like you said, the lawyers came back and said, you can't, you can't rescind it. Right. And, and there wasn't enough support to say, we want to by name call out this one thing that two years ago we affirmed as a helpful analysis tool, uh, that is, that is not above scripture. And, there was no formal condemnation of CRT the way a lot of people wanted. I think that was the right way to go. No formal one, correct. No formal it was one. from verbally from the stage it was. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And 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 to me, I think that was the right way to go about it. Um, again, because I think we have made this into a thing that it really isn't. We have given it way too much power. That's what I mean, Ed Litton is on the record saying it's a distraction yeah. from our mission. Yeah. And so I don't know that we need to say any much anything more about the CRT stuff. Um, just aside from the fact that I think there was a large contingent of people who mm-hmm. have just made this to be the boogeyman, and and they hate this and they can't see straight because of it. Um, and and to me, I'm sure nobody the last, was affirming it there. I I'm mean, sure over the last five weeks, it's been all in the news as well yeah. on their favorite news channel, and yep. they're talking about how yep. you know the SPC now is a bunch of woke. Individuals. I, I would just encourage people if they if they are in opposition to define it and then to also uh, oppose it biblically. Yeah, like don't just stand in opposition. Like, come talk to me about right. why you disagree with it, as opposed to just saying it's bad, it's a boogeyman, I don't like it. You're yeah. you're wrong. 
Yeah. All right. So let's get on to the last one. So lastly, and this was kind of the the big the big issue. Um, El Presidente. El Presidente. Basically what it came down to in a nutshell is there were four guys running. And from my understanding, because I don't normally follow uh, denominational politics to this degree, is it normally it's sort of two. Yeah, and it's sort of assumed. N- assumed who is going to already win it. There were four people. There was a guy named Randy Adams who was uh, just happy to be here kind of thing. Um, he was more about financial uh, accountability, accountability over the CP. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was Al Mohler, who for a long time was kind of the front runner. Uh, he was biggest name recognition. Biggest name recognition. Um, I tried to explain it to my wife as that he reminds me of the Mitt Romney, which is he sort of waffles on both sides and kind of tries to play the middle. And Mitt Romney's a Mormon, isn't he? Yeah, but don't I mean, you call him Mohler? No, I'm not. Definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. But that he was kind of, you know, trying to play both sides yeah. and, and, and whatever. And in a as just like 2020 elections, um, nobody in the middle is going to win. It's going to be somebody from what is considered to be a, a staunch side. Mm. Uh, and so it came down to a guy named Ed Litton, who is a pastor from Alabama. He has done work in racial reconciliation. Uh, and he is an old white guy, um, or great was, with a, with a Santa Claus. Beard. He, he is like Santa Claus jr. Looking. And then there was Mike stone, another old white guy, uh, which is not a bad thing. I'm just commenting on, um, people are going to read that the wrong way. No, they were I'm all not. old white guys. Let's right. Just exactly. Uh, yeah. And Mike stone was the handpicked candidate from the conservative Baptist network. And basically what happened starting with Russell Moore, uh, his letter that got leaked out that was a year old, um, it was understood that Mike Stone might have participated. It might have been one of those people Russell Moore was alleging uh, and referring to in his letter about instances of sexual abuse uh, reporting not being handled correctly. Um, Mike Stone doesn't really didn't really help himself because he also had an encounter with a, um, a sexual abuse survivor the night before who and that didn't go super great. Um, but long story short, it, it went into a runoff because no candidate on the first ballot got, uh, got in and got a majority. And so it went down to the top two, which was Ed Litton and Mike Stone. Mike Stone got 47% of the vote. Uh, Ed Litton got 52. And basically this was, uh, a significant, a significant thing. I was very happy about this. Um, and also it revealed that as Josie talked about, there are significant cracks in the denomination because when you have a vote that is that close, um, that basically, and, and the thing is that both candidates were, uh, very, very far apart, not very far apart, but the, no. the, 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 the very mic, conservative, very conservative concern. and fundamental. Conservative. I guess you have to define cracks. Like, I mean, right. yeah, there were diff- there are differing votes. But, the, I mean, the, no one was booing or, you know, like we weren't fighting afterwards. It well, wasn't like Hillary Trump where all of a sudden we're pointing fingers afterwards. We, we right. walked out in brotherhood. But I think, and, and again. Most of us. Yeah, most. But I think what has been interesting, and we're going to kind of jump to the next question and start wrapping this out, is that what has been the fallout been in the last week? And if you if you want some fun reading, uh, get on Twitter and hashtag SBC. 2021 or SBC 21, but 2021 is really the the strong one. Um, there are calls from people who are on the conservative Baptist side who basically did not win anything, uh, did not get their way in any, um, any effort. 
who are now calling for the dismantling of the SBC and splitting and starting their own denomination and just saying that there you the go, Joe. that you the hang out with them. No, he no he yeah, <laughs> he would he would go to war with them. Um, that basically it's saying that Fred, I'm sorry, Ed Litton. I mean, they have said some nasty things about Ed uh-huh. Litton. They have said slander, some nasty things about his wife, mm. which I'm just like. Bro, man. That's the thing, man. So I, I did read one. Like they're calling her the co-pastor of his right. church, trying to paint, paint him right. as an egalitarian, not a complementarianism. Mm-hmm. They, they compl- refer to her as co-president as well of the convention. <sighs> it's just slander. Just absolute yeah. slander. They're, at no point. So here's, I did the research on it, and I talked with him a couple months ago face-to-face. Um, she's never been a co-pastor. Right. She's never been a pastor. Where they have some contention is on um, uh, sermons that regarded with um, that, that dealt with marriage and with parenthood. Right. He shared the pulpit with her. Right. And they've constructed a sermon together. And he stood up there with her as she would speak and kind of give a woman perspective. Uh, and he has said on the record, at no point in time was the pulpit ever out of my control. Like it was always right. under my authority. She is not a pastor. She's not a co-pastor. Right. But she does have a voice and she is a wise individual. And so I asked her to speak into these issues. Oh, no, no. She's a co-pastor. I'm like slander. Like slander. you are just absolutely making up lies for your own agenda. And yeah. it's evil. And here's here's what I where I take encouragement uh, from from all of that that's going on is that often you can tell whether or not you're on the right side by how the other you know by how people are acting in response to loss and how people are acting in response to conflict and to see these people come out and just slander uh, in way I mean like I wasn't in the room um, but I certainly have not and I've read some articles. Um, not all of them, but I watched what happened and what they are painting did not yeah, take thankfully place. I have not read through any of that. Yeah, it would, it would infuriate you. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically what it is, what has been said is that if you got your way as a Southern Baptist this past week, you are an elite. You don't care about the Bible. You don't care about fidelity to scripture. Um, you are going to hell. You are woke. The mm-hmm. um, And a false brother or a false gospel. False, false That's, gospel. I've listened to that podcast. You are, you are pro-abortion yeah um and i just you know i'm sitting here and i'm going guys what in the world yeah. is happening it, it's just if you are if you don't lockstep with me and my very fundamental ways um then we can't we cannot have any any partnership at all and, and so the, go ahead and no the podcast i listened to that said similar and called me a false you know brother right. who's a heretic and all that kind of stuff because i want to stay in the spc um they also said at the same time how insulting J.D. Greer's sermon was. Right. And I was like, of course it would be insulting for you because you are the <laughs> Pharisees that he's talking right. about. You are the ones who are making up your own law. Right. Uh, you know, And they're like, well, you know, the law is good. And I mean, they literally said the law is good and sure there's grace. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, grace. Yeah, absolutely. There are still rules. No one's saying right. there's no rules. Right. No one's saying there's no fidelity to the scripture. I'm getting a little revved up. Yeah. Um. As you should. But yeah, so they are, so so uh, their rhetoric would be liberalism is a threat to the SBC. And I would say, I agree. Sure. Liberalism is always a threat. Theological liberalism is always a threat. But right now, uh, and I agreed completely with J.D. Greer, uh, right now, fundamentalism, mm-hmm. pharisaicalism is a greater threat. Yep. And that's, that's where, and, and so when you have the extreme conservatives calling the very conservatives liberal, you have a bunch of Pharisees who 
I am not saying, but Jesus called whitewashed tombs. I hope that's not who they are. Yep. Um, but I think we all need to get along. Yeah, I was I was very vindicated. Two weeks ago, I bled in front of the church and basically gave a, a very uh, a sermon that was very much like J.D. Greer's, but just a whole lot not as not as good, uh, but more localized, right? And then sure. he gets up and talks to the whole country, and I felt so vindicated listening to him <laughs> speak because I'm like, yep, this is exactly what I've been saying. Yeah. Now, so here's my question to wrap out. So we've seen fissures, we've seen cracks, we have seen things uh, in which you have factions and, and you've got people inside the same convention, inside the same community, mm-hmm. um, lobbing bombs at the people that they now have called elite, total slander, misrepresenting intentionally and mm-hmm. trying to, what do you do? What do you do with those people? Do you sit there and say, let's continue in friendly partnership? Uh, or do you take, I think, more of a Josiah approach, which is there's the door. Like, don't let the door hit you. Well, sorry. It's not there's the door. It's here is the condition. Meet sure. me at the Bible. Otherwise, there's the door. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's 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 not like funny you thing disagree. Is they're it's not, saying it's not, the exact same thing. It's not liberalism, fundamentalism. It's not like I'm not like. I'm not thinking about a also this could also be a bomb. I don't think I don't think anyone is conservative in terms of their biblical interpretation anymore. I think we're all liberal. I think we're all very liberal. Okay. Um, But I think, (laughs) sorry. You have to explain that on another podcast. Some other day. Oh, there's not next week. Yeah. Oh, wow. Just going to leave it on all of this. He's got two Um, months to write that paper. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I I don't know. I, I just think like, there's at some point you have to start saying like, okay, guys, like at what point are we no longer actually in communion with each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think the point for me, I, I, I've been very open about like, I, I don't think the Southern Baptist gets a lot of things right. I don't think the Lutherans get a lot of things right. I think we're all still Christians. I think we're all still going to go to heaven. I, I don't think that uh, these issues are the, the, the level of issue or the significance of issues that are, um, going to make or break salvation sure um and i think we're butting up against things with fundamentalists in terms of like uh ignorance in terms of being unable to argue in terms of being unable to to commune with others where you you'd really do have to question of like is this going to uh, make or break our ability to work together mm. yeah uh, and i think it, it, if if we can't find some ability to like reach out and actually make that connection it will I'll explain my position would be, um, well, let me give a runway to it. So when, when I did preach two weeks ago, a message of Bible first, there was somebody, uh, who said, I don't see why anybody would have been offended by that message. And Jeff, your answer was, well, it's because everyone thinks they're right. Right. And so um, everybody thinks you're talking to the other side. Correct. And so, um, and in, in a very many ways, like I said to you just a second ago, like your invitation would be let's meet here and let's discuss the Bible first. That's what they're saying. And so the, 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 the necessity is, um, what we mentioned, those two words in terms of the Baptist faith, the message when it comes, who is a friend, who is a Southern Baptist friendly cooperation. Yeah. So friendly cooperation says, everybody says Bible first, let's sit down, but you have to sit down. Yeah. You got to sit down. You got to sit down and be willing, Bible in hand, grace in the other, to sit down and say, all right, let's struggle through this conversation. We might not completely agree, but that's friendly cooperation. Um, and you got to be able to sit down. 
and to do it. And right now, the people that we're talking about, uh, who are the extremely conservatives, they're like they're they're already themselves almost out the door. Right. So they're not in friendly cooperation. They're not willing to sit down. They're willing to go. I'm willing to sit down. You want? I'll sit down with the fundamental brother, and we'll, yeah. we can talk through some issues. But my thing is, I don't think. I I think it's a lot of um, saber rattling. I think it's a lot of we're gonna leave, we're gonna leave, and 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 the same so breath they go, reactions. and the same breath they go, and then next year in Anaheim we're showing up and we're mm. taking the ship, you know. And so the whole deal is that like you're not really leaving. You're you're mad, and you are uh, you're unhappy with things, and so you're going to spend the next year disparaging other people, continuing to slander and and misrepresenting and doing damage to the Southern Baptist Convention. I hear what you're saying about needing to sit down. I appreciate that. I also, you know, I uh, very often align myself in terms of a justice position with with Josie, which is let let forget the convention. Let's say that this was our own local church, and we had a faction of people in our local church who said, you know what, we are going to reject the leadership, and we're going to slander, and we are going to misrepresent, and we are going to do everything we can to make this awful for the people who are trying to lead the church. To me, that I I have a struggle with going. Well, we can just sort of allow them to exist in our community. My issue would be then we sit down and be like, I think you need to go. I, I think you need to you like you like you you feel very strongly about this, and and your effort is not and uh, your goal is not to be unified. Your goal is to dismantle and disrupt. And in uh-huh. that case, um, you should go. And and here's here's the thing. Uh, that's an imperfect example, because sure. the scripture does speak to the local church, and the scripture does give the local church the opportunity to dis or excommunicate, basically turn hand them over to Satan, sure. right? Disfellowship. Yeah. Um, and so that is one hundred percent within yeah. the realm of biblical, um, uh, you, you know, work. Uh, the scripture doesn't speak to denominations. And in some ways, the church, local church, is top-down. It's elder-led. Yeah. From the Holy Spirit sure. and Jesus' Holy Spirit, the elder-led, and then to the people. It's top-down. The Southern Baptist denomination is not. Yeah. And so I don't think the same applies very perfectly as the yeah. way you're saying it. Sure. No, and that's fair. I you know, I also struggle with going, if, if a guy like Mike Stone had gotten in, um, if everything had gone the way that the pirates who had wanted you would have been begging me to leave i probably would have yeah (laughs) no i'm being that serious i mean and i I say that from from a frustration standpoint of going i don't know and i think i speak for you as well josie when i say i don't know how we continue in partnership with people who are working in my mind in opposition to the 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 commands of scripture and what jesus has called us to do I, i think people who have that lack of grace and and really do tend on the, the, the side of Phariseeism. Um, I, I don't want to have, I don't want to be associated with that. And so that's my struggle. It's nice to be able to wrap our arms around what happened for sure. It is. That's what I told, told the church uh, yesterday. Uh, none, everything that was done, none of nothing that was done in Nashville is binding on us. Sure. That's the autonomy of the local church, but it is nice to be able to say, yep, I agree. Well, and it's it's nice to say that when there are things coming out of the SBC leadership that we don't have to go, no, I don't, nope, I don't support, nope, mm-hmm. I don't support that, nope, we're, you know, and, and just by association, we do that. Um, look, we've run long on yeah. a really, really boring topic for a lot of people. I've enjoyed this conversation, yeah, but um, I want to end it out with uh, great Christian people because I know, I think you've got one, I've got one. Uh, and so go ahead, you, you want to go first, you want me to go? 
That's fine. For three years, J.D. Greer has been the president, the elected president of the SBC, and has done it through the trifecta of the bombs of racial mm. uh, stuff and the pandemic and of the election. And I believe he has led so well. And his last address there was dynamic. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I would ask you to put the link in whatever mm -hmm. you throw out there. Uh, I think people message. will need to get a Lifeway account. It's free. No, it's its own Vimeo now. Is so, it? Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll I put that in. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, he, he, he led well and he got bazooka fired upon for three years, yeah. uh, by people who slandered him. I actually sat down on the, cause it was standing room only sat down on the floor with a brother who serves at a church in Delaware. I saw him, recognized him. So I went and sat with him for a little while and he said, man, I, I had, uh, you know, kind of been following some of these ministries that I, I won't name who were saying some of the, like, I was so concerned about JD Greer. So concerned about how like liberal he was, how far out he was, how this, that, and the other. And then I listened to him speak and I'm like, that dude's on point. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like you're, There's so much within the kingdom, so much within the Baptist world right now of people with their Facebook ads and all of their little out of context, you know, video clips mm. and slander and nonsense. And all I can say is God help me. Uh, I never want to be in any kind of position up there because I got enough trouble here with the local church, but I'm thankful that JD led well. And uh, hopefully he'll uh, enjoy a little bit of rest, <clears throat> not yeah. having to deal with all the noise anymore. So. Yeah. He do said, you, by the way, my favorite quote. I hear you. I was going to ask you. Do you want to say quote, it? Favorite quote. Every time the church gets in bed with politics, the church gets pregnant. And I got a lump in my throat when he said that. And then he said, and the baby they have looks nothing like our heavenly father. Yeah. Uh, that, that was, was good. Yeah. I was, I was in my office watching that on Tuesday. And when he threw that down, I was cheering and clapping i'm actually going to send the link to the message out to the church this week my my weekly it email. is profound yeah and he uh, what i liked about his message is he stepped on there were things that he said in it that i was like oh man i wish you kind of hadn't said that and i went you're stepping on everybody's toes mm -hmm. and good for you mm -hmm. i mean it was it was profound josie do you got a good a great christian person the person i'd like to honor is uh you know, if you listen to the Holy Post, you know her. Her name is Caitlin Schuss. Uh, Schuss? Schuss? Schuss. Schuss. There you go. Yeah. Um, she she is like roughly my age um, mm -hmm. and just a person that is like incredibly intelligent. Is she as um, angry? I'm no. Not nearly as angry. <laughs> no. But like several of the things that I've said today have been like more or less not copy pasted from her 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 Twitter account, but um, just like uh, deeply inspired by like the stances she takes on things and like her whole her whole ideal. I think she... She is a very good representative of the the younger yes. millennial upper Gen Z generation in, in terms of how we want we as young Christians want to engage with the world and we want to move forward and, and show the world that um, what we what we believe uh, it means to be Christian. Who is your great Christian person? My great Christian person <laughs> is somebody that no one will know unless, yeah, thank you. No one will know unless you were at the um, at the convention last week. And of course, I guess people from his church. Uh, I want to throw it out to a guy named Grant Gaines. Um, he was the guy who was standing there with Hannah Kate and brought the uh, the motion uh, and led the charge to get the EC investigated. Um, he was, he got up and spoke with clarity. I saw a lot of people who got up and looked very nervous and he stood up there was a great representation and rallied to make, uh, this stuff happen. And, uh, I just, I was, I was watching him and he got up every day and, and did the work to make sure that the executive committee, that everything was done above board. And, uh, and I'm super grateful for his leadership because I, it, had it not been for him, 
Um, it very much could have been something where they passed a resolution to say, we encourage you all to look into things, but he got the work done. Yeah. And, no, uh, I, to be clear, if it wasn't Grant, somebody else would have. Somebody Grant's, else, Grant somebody spoke else. for right. a, a lot of people. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for Grant, right. and I'm grateful for all of the people who would have been Grant right. if they had been in the room. Sure. Uh, so that was great. Guys, thank you so much for hanging on uh, through this very exciting episode. I enjoyed it. Um, if you haven't done so already, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Pod. Please email us at goodchristianpod at gmail.com as we, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here, and we would love to continue to hear from you and what you would like to talk about, what you're thinking about. Next week, we are off for the summer, and we'll miss these little fireside chats and look forward to getting back together after Labor Day to correct all the things that break over the next few months. In the meantime, keep pushing forward, speaking truth with love, and challenging injustice to the glory of God. We'll see you in the fall, and until then... Be good. You've been listening to Good Christian People, the podcast. Today's episode was recorded on Monday, June 21st, 2021 by Jeff Higgins and Tim Byer, two pastors living in beautiful Glen Burnie, Maryland. If you'd like to hear more of our content, please check us out online at goodchristianpod.com or by following us on Facebook and Twitter at, at GCPPod. right in my wheelhouse i honestly when I'm rock- drop. oh yeah when i'm rocking the baby <laughs> like i can just i can hum that song and i hum the whole thing multiple times a day <laughs> does she like it puts her to sleep she reaches up and grabs my adam's apple as i'm humming it mm. <laughs>